You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, the Prophet after he ascends into the heavens from Jerusalem. So he goes from Mecca to Jerusalem. Then from Jerusalem, the Mi'raj starts. Where does he go? The Prophet visits the seven skies. We also call them the seven heavens. Now all that you see in this world, the galaxies, the solar system, the Milky Way, whatever it is, this is all called Sama'id Dunya. This is all the first sky. We don't have access to the second, third, fourth and fifth heavens until the seventh. This physical sky that we are able to see the stars and everything, this is what? This is all Sama'id Dunya. وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ dunya بِمَصَابِيحَ Allah says, you know, we've decorated this uh, heavenly, this worldly heaven or sky with the stars. So everything that we can actually reach with any spacecraft, right, is in Sama'id Dunya. So the Prophet he went into the depths of Sama'id Dunya. He reached, you know, places, but theoretically they're possible for us to reach, but we can't so far. So where did he go in Sama'id Dunya? The Prophet in Sama'id Dunya, he meets two interesting angels as he's ascending in that vertical ascension. The Prophet meets, according to the hadith, he's with Jibra'il now, Jibra'il is guiding him. He sees the angels, all the angels, they're smiling and greeting him. They're happy to see him, except one. He's frowning, no greetings, no smile. The Prophet says to Jibra'il, Jibra'il, what's the matter with this angel? I see everyone smiling except him. Who is he? Jibra'il says, this is Malik, Khazin al-Nar, the keeper of hell. That's Malik. Allah has appointed him. His name is Malik, yes. His name is Malik. That's the angel who's responsible for, you know, managing hellfire. And because of what he sees on a daily basis, he can't smile. The Prophet tells Jibra'il, Jibra'il, can you tell Malik to show me a glimpse of hell? Now based on this hadith, it seems that hell is in which sama? Sama ad-dunya. It's somewhere in the first heaven, not in the higher heavens. So hell has been created by the way. It exists and the Prophet actually saw it during the Mi'raj. So he tells Malik, Malik it seems from the hadith that he may have been, he was probably hesitant, but he's not going to refuse the request of the Prophet So the hadith says he lifts the lid, there's like this lid for paradise, uh, for hell, he lifts just a part of it, a small corner, the Prophet peeks into hell. The Prophet says, I felt 
as if the flame of hell was going to consume the universe and burn it. So I told Jibra'il, tell him to just cover it. Hadiths indicate that when the Prophet came back from Mi'raj, he would never be seen laughing. Maybe just a smile, but not laughing. They would ask him, Ya Rasulullah, why? He's like, after seeing hell, I can't laugh. When I saw hell, that frightening scene, and, and those burning in hell, I can't laugh anymore. I just can't bring myself to laugh. So this is serious. And remember Allah is Rahim. There's a hadith to the effect that one day, a woman came to the Prophet. She told him, Ya Rasulullah, would a mother who loves her child burn her child, throw her into fire? He said, no. She says, isn't Allah arham than a mother? So how can he throw people into fire? The hadith says the Prophet cried until his beard were soaked with tears. Then he said, O servant of Allah, Allah does not throw you in hell. You take yourself into hellfire. You push yourself through evil deeds that you have not repented from, you insist on them. Remember, you know, the average Allah forgives. But there are people who've committed crimes, big crimes, and they did not repent. Allah gives us an opportunity to repent every single second. People reject that. Just look at the enemies of Allah, the enemies of Ahlul Bayt, those who reject the signs. The pharaohs, right? Whether it's a king who's a pharaoh or a husband who's a pharaoh, right? We have pharaohs in every society. Or it could be a community leader who's a pharaoh and unjust and creates fitna and insists until he dies. These people deserve to be punished sometimes. So Allah is Rahim, but we take ourselves into hell as the Prophet says in this hadith. So that's the first angel he meets during the ascension. The second angel whom he sees, he sees an angel sitting and you know he's kind of sitting and he's looking at something he's holding something between his knees in his palm he's looking at something and he's very serious he asked Jibra'il oh Jibra'il who's this angel he tells him this is the angel of death Israel so the prophet talks to him you know he says salam to him he responds he tells him, what are you doing? He tells him, I am looking at the entire world and I'm seeing every single human. Allah has given him that power. And I'm looking and I'm seeing whose time has expired. So I see the world in the palm of my hand. You know, with modern technology, maybe back then people were like, well, what's this hadith? How is that going to work? Well, today you could have an iPhone in the palm of your hand and you could see the world map and suddenly you see a red alert somewhere, go there, <laughs> be dispatched there. In any case, the hadith says he has something, you know, in the palm of his hand that also has light in it. It's a screen, something else, Allah knows. So he looks at it and whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him the signal that this person's ajal, time has expired, he says, I take their soul. 
Then Israel says, the angel of death, according to this hadith, he says, when I see people crying, I tell them, don't cry, I'm coming after you. And then he says, I look at people and inspect their ajal and their time and inspect their homes five times a day to see if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me the signal. That's how obedient he is. You know, he's always on the go. Some other hadiths explain, what are those five times? Times of salah. At the times of salah, the angel of death visits our homes and he's just examining. He's examining what we're doing. Now, when the angel of death comes to take our souls, inshallah everyone has a long life here. When the angel of death comes to take the soul, He's been monitoring you for years and years, years and years. He comes to a person who's like, every time I came at the sign of Salah, this person was praying, getting ready to pray, doing something good. How do you think he's going to take your soul? And to the contrary, he might come to a person and he's going to remember, oh, 50 years, every time of Salah I came, this per person was either sleeping if it's Fajr, or this person was busy with dunya, sinning, wasting time, doing haram. He remembers all of that. And that really impacts and affects how he's going to take our soul. So the Prophet when he sees that, he's really impacted by that, you know. When he, see, when he has that conversation with Malik al-Mawt. So he sees Malik and Azrael, these two great angels of God, then he ascends into the higher heavens, into the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, until he reaches the seventh heaven. Now, and before he reaches the seventh heaven, there's a lot of details here. You know, I'll condense that and summarize it. We have many, many hadiths about exactly what the Prophet saw and what happened. So he meets the soul of all Prophets of Allah. Specifically in the fourth heaven, in Bayt al-Ma'mur, in that very holy place, which has a connection to the Kaaba, he meets all of the Prophets of Allah over there and he leads them in prayer. They pray Salat al-Jama'ah, Jibra'il pushes the Prophet, he tells him, you are our prayer leader, you lead the Jama'ah and all of us angels and all of us Prophets will pray behind you. So he meets the souls of all the Prophets uh, in those heavens, specifically in the fourth heaven. Now, some ahadith state that when the Prophet met the Prophets, other Prophets, their souls, he realized Ibrahim was initially missing. Now Ibrahim is the greatest Prophet of God after the Prophet So he asked, where is Ibrahim? Habibi Ibrahim, I'm looking for him, where is he? So the hadith says, he was told, the Prophet, that Ibrahim is with the children, with the kids. It's from the Rahmah of Allah that the believers, when their kids die before they die. So a parent loses a child. Hadiths indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned Ibrahim and his wife Sarah to take care of the children until their parents join them after they die. And this is from the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a number of hadiths. 
In fact, Ibrahim, he did that dua. He said, oh Allah, one of the requests I have is that after, you know, I die, I want to take care of the children of the believers. The children of the believers, I want to take care of them. So the hadiths actually give us a picture of that. You know, how him and his wife, they feed the children, they play with them, they keep them company until the parents join them. So really for all those parents who have lost a child, I know it's very traumatic, it's a big, big tragedy, it's very difficult. There's nothing worse than losing your own child. Let them just know that if they're believers, their children are with Ibrahim and his wife Sarah. And that's from the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he finds Ibrahim, they call him and he comes and he joins the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, he's having many scenes. He sees many th interesting things. Now just to give you a very quick example, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, he would pass by paradise. One hadith states, he saw in one of those heavens that he was passing by, he saw vast lands, heavenly lands, and he saw malaika, angels acting as construction workers. They would take a brick made from gold, a brick made from silver. Now remember, when we say gold and silver, this is largely metaphoric because people give a lot of value to these things. Otherwise, heaven is just a different dimension. We're not talking about this earthly gold and silver, right? So according to this hadith, the Prophet sees the angels, you know, it's like they have uh, this material, they're building something from it. You know, they take a golden brick, a silver brick, and they're building something. So the Prophet asks them, tells them, what are you doing? What are you building? They told him, Ya Rasulullah, we're building the palaces for the mu'mineen, for the believers. The Prophet tells them, but I realize you're building, but then suddenly you stop. Why? They tell him the material finishes, we run out of material. He tells them how? They tell him the material is good deeds. When a believer does a good deed, worships Allah, glorifies Allah. Specifically one hadith says, when you say subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, you create that building material in paradise. So they take that building material and they build for you. When you stop doing good deeds, charity, respecting parents, worshiping, whatever it is, they stop building. So he actually sees how the angels are preparing paradise for the believers. Now, there are a lot of details and I encourage you to read, you know, trusted sources of course, because remember we have a lot of if you go online and you want to search this, you're going to run into all sorts of you know, details that may not be authentic. But I highly recommend that you examine what happens in, in, in the journey of Mi'raj, especially when the Prophet meets certain individuals, either believers or sinful people. You know our sins have an effect, the Prophet sees those effects. Like people who committed certain sins and they didn't repent, the Prophet sees how they're suffering from that sin. It's effective to read that, you know, it keeps us in check. One interesting thing that the Prophet realizes is that every sky he visits, he's greeted by the angels, right? The first thing they ask him after greeting him, how is your brother Ali ibn Abi Talib And we have, by the way, Sunni sources too. 
We have many, many Shia sources. Every, every time they greet him, they ask him about Ali ibn Abi Talib The Prophet asked those angels or he asked Jibra'il. He tells him what's going on? Everywhere I go, people ask me about Ali ibn Abi Talib. So Jibra'il tells him, Oh Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ali ibn Abi Talib is a king in the heavens. Everyone mentions the name of Ali ibn Abi Talib And they congratulate him. They tell him, Ya Rasulullah, you have the best Khalifa. They congratulate him for that. So Imam Ali salam indeed has a very, very great status in the heavens. According to one hadith, which Muslims have narrated, the Prophet says every sky, every heaven has a door, a gate. On that gate, these words are inscribed. La ilaha illallah. There is no God but Allah. Muhammadun Rasulullah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Ali ibn Abi Talib, Amirul Mu'mini. Imam Ali is the commander of the faithful. The Prophet says, I saw this inscribed everywhere. And he says, when I reached the seventh heaven, that's the closest place that he got to uh, the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, I saw on the arsh of God, the throne of Allah, this phrase was also written. There is no God but Allah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Ali ibn Abi Talib is the commander of the faithful. Another hadith states that on the right side of the arsh, which is the holiest place in existence. Now when we say right, this is symbolic. It doesn't mean physically it's to the right. In the holiest place of the arsh, this phrase is also inscribed. Hussein is the light of guidance and the Ark of Salvation. So the Prophet he does see the wonders of his creation and he's amazed at how the angels admire Ali ibn Abi Talib and he becomes very happy for that.